Mm. Mm. I believe Lois is also, yeah, everyone is here. It's an Alion. I think we can go ahead and get started, Dr. Rasopi. Okay. All right. Um, today's conference is not going to run on any particular theme. There are some cases that I will um, just share. And then um, time permitting, we might go through um, one quiz. Uh, all right. So with that, let me start by sharing the history and then I will share my screen and images as appropriate. All right, so this first case is a 81 year old male history of hypertension. Um, AFib GERD presents with proteinuria and worsening of lower extremity edema. A 24-hour urine collection showed approximately five grams of protein. Serum albumin is 2.9. His serum creatinine is 1.24. His SIFE showed no monoclonal protein and his UPEP results are not available at the time of um, diagnosis. And... So I will share some images with you and are you seeing an image pulled up? No. No, we're just seeing the list of the images, the folder. Okay. So stop share, share screen. Oh, that is, okay, I'm gonna try it one more time. I don't know why this is not working, but. I just saw it a minute ago. Did you see something a minute ago? Yeah, we saw the uh, sample. Okay, no, that wasn't the correct one. Yeah, so now, we can know. now you can. Mm -hmm. You can see a JMS stain? Yes, with the glomerulus. Okay. And now I'm going to share one more. Okay, I'll try it with this one. So this is a PS stain from that case. I'm gonna give you a low power view and then we'll zoom in on certain areas. 
So here you have renal medulla, renal cortex, and I think this is a good piece. So I'm going to zoom in here and then you guys can tell me. I can take the first one. Sure. So we've got a glomeruli with some, I don't know, I guess I would call them nodular areas, maybe around 2 p.m. and around 6 p.m. Correct. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about them? Um, they don't exactly look like the classic diabetic nodules and you didn't mention any history of diabetes. There is none. So it's probably not from that. Um, they're not really staining with the PAS either. Right. Um, so that's that's a good point to note. The capillary loops look open. Yeah. There's no proliferate, proliferative stuff going on in the capillaries. There might be some, I think up around 12 o'clock too, there's, I would say, mesangial expansion, but not hypercellularity. I wasn't like really impressed by that. I thought everything else looked other than the two nodules that you pointed out that were PAS pale to negative. Um, it looked all right okay. to me. And then tubules uh, are looking a little sick. Um, yeah. Uh, then, some of them are looking okay, but. And, you notice this small arterial. Yeah, with, thickened um, arterial there. This one, something similar expanding in its lumen. And I'll give you the views of maybe a couple of other glomeruli. This is a good field. Still mesangial expansion that's PAS negative. Uh-huh. This one, it looks like the mesangium is expanding to the point of closing the capillary loops. I don't, I don't think there's stuff inside the capillary loops. No, there isn't. Um, and maybe the Bowman's capsule, especially up there, kind of around 10, 11 o'clock is a bit mm -hmm. thickened and maybe a bit wrinkled. Mm -hmm. And so thoughts on this? What, what else would you like to see? I'm going to show you more pictures, but at this point, mm -hmm. actually, let me share more pictures. I, I think it's unfair to... Another you know, artery. Yeah, unfair to ask you to put something down before you've had a chance to evaluate all pictures. Okay. All right. How about now you can see a JMS image? Yes. Okay. So I am going to quick, not quickly, but slowly scroll through these images. Um, anything, so this is a high power image of one of those uh, glomeruli that you saw on PAS. Anything that strikes you? Here. It looks like, again, the nodules are not staining silver. All right. So now what do you think? I'm wondering about amyloidosis. Um, but that's more based on the clinical history. I forget how those stain, um, how yeah, amyloid stains. Okay. So I think you- Amyloid uh, positive of... on uh, PAs and negative on silver? Shri, what did you say? It is negative on silver. I forget what you said on the first one. But I think Maria and you guys both pointed out that they were PS pale um, to negative. 
All right. And then what in the history made you think of amyloid? Um, the age and okay. necrotic syndrome. And those are probably the two biggest ones. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not seeing any features consistent with FSGS. I wouldn't really call this sclerosis. Okay. On this PAS, I'm not seeing double contours. Or I'm sorry, on the silver stain, I'm not seeing double mm -hmm. contours, which would be suggestive of membranous. Mm -hmm. um, we already said he doesn't have diabetes. No. And we are seeing changes. So this is not consistent with minimal change disease. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those those are some good points. Does the fact that he doesn't have anything on his SIFE and SPEP, um, does that sway you in one direction or another? Um, I guess I'm not 100% sure of the sensitivity and specificity of those tests. I think it would still be reasonable to do Congo red staining because um, I don't think those tests are 100%. Yes, so you have astutely pointed out i think the morphology kind of directed you appropriately mm. so um this is a congo red stain that um under polarized light shows this nice apple green birefringence it um, highlights some areas in the mesangium some areas in the um, arteriolar walls mm. actually i'm going backwards without the polarizer and then that was with the polarizer. So it's cool. Very, yeah. And then also some tubular basement membranes um, mm. that lit up and then um, some areas in the interstitium. So um, yeah. then on the EM for this case, fibrils but now i'm gonna forget which size of fibrils <laughs> it's okay we'll we'll get through it all right so here are your fibrils yes so they are um beta pleated sheets um that's what they're described as but otherwise they're randomly oriented and non-branching so that's what you kind of see on your em and are these the smallest of the fibrils yes so we measured these, and again, you can see this is a mesangial area. You can see them expanding the mesangium because it is not basement membrane. It wasn't picking up the silver stain. It wasn't picking up the PAS. Um, you can see more of those fibrils. These fibrils were measured. They range from 10 to 16 nanometers. And um, given all of the stating the morphology that we saw they were considered to be consistent with amyloid all right and um i think further subtyping um we don't do here we only do the light chain stains here but then there are other kinds of stains that um, can further characterize like aa elect etc um, and I think this case was sent to Mayo for um, further subtyping. I think we are awaiting some results on that.
Well, thank you. Good case. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, let me. Could I pull out one more? On one second, let me just double check and. Yes. Okay. I am going to show you one more case and then we might move to the quiz. Sorry, between these screens, it gets a little confusing to manage. This is from a nine-year-old kid. She presented um, with nephrotic syndrome. Uh, she has had nephrotic range proteinuria, um, edema, volume overload, hypoalbuminemia, and she reports a recent weight gain of 20 pounds. She recently had ANCA, ANA, rheumatoid factor, SPEP, all done, which were all negative. Her past medical history is remarkable for hypertension, hyperlipidemia, uh, mild obesity, and um, her BMI is at 32. Um, she has history of nephrolithiasis, having passed a stone um, in mid last year, May of 2020. Um, she also has GERD and obstructive sleep apnea and her labs showed a creatinine of 0.71. She does take NSAIDs occasionally, and at the time of this uh, biopsy, the um, um, other labs were still pending. So let me show you. Uh, I have a PAS stain um, slide for her. Can you see a slide on a screen? Yes, we can. Okay. All right. So this was her biopsy. I'm going to give you a low, low power overview. So we have areas of cortex, corticomentary junction, and then portions here. Let's start here. I see two glomeruli, mm -hmm. it's a PS stain, and the Bauman's capsule appears quite thickened. Mm -hmm. And the Bauman space is up. Um, sorry, 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 sorry. Still, still on the biopsy, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Keep going. I'm not quite sure if I can say um, increased cells in the Bauman space. Uh, these are just sites that you can see. Okay. This is probably a more normal looking glomerulus to compare. Yeah. More normal looking, the capillary loops are open. There is not much mesangial expansion or mesangial hypocellularity. Okay. There are certain, probably one or two areas like in um, eight or 
eight o'clock position, maybe there is some degree of mesangial expansion, but not present uniformly. Okay. And coming to the uh, the interstitium and the tubules, right? The tubular epithelium appears to be a bit edematous, mm -hmm. and uh, there is not much of interstitial hypercellularity or edema. Wait. The tubules are unusually back to back. Yeah. So the tubules, so like overall, what do you think? Tubules are fine or? Uh, they seem edematous. Why do you say edematous? Um, so like the tubule that is to the, uh, yeah, those tubules mainly. Okay. Well, the one to the more right of it appears. Hardly do I see a tubular lumen. Are those protein droplets in the tubules? There could be these these pink droplets over here inside in the lumen. Those could be. Um, I I thought the tubules they don't look particularly edematous to me. They're just the cells are maybe a little bit swollen, but I I really am not you know like the tubule. Uh, I don't know how to point out. Okay. Um, th one of them looks normal. So when I compare that with the other one, okay, others look um, more edematous. But I don't Maybe see they just look... tubulitis. Okay. And the tubulitis um, is of more consequence um, in cases of transplant where you would be evaluating um, transplant rejection, acute cellular rejection by way of tubulitis. And um, not so much in a native renal biopsy. Let me zoom out and point out the, okay. So remember the history also in this kiddo. All right. What about this? Yeah, the tubules appear relatively normal. What about the glomerulus? Um, first, it is not a complete glomerulus. Okay. Some degree of mesangial expansion present mainly in the upper part of the glomerulus. Okay. The capillary loops are open. Okay. And the 11 o'clock position. Yeah. Not quite sure. If it, I don't think it's a, is it a tubular pole or is it the adhesion or synecchi. So I think you are getting there. So put all of that together. And what does that lead you along with the clinical history? FSGS? Yep. So um, this is a um, glomerular tip lesion. Um, this is um, when you have this segmental portocyte hypercellularity. This partly because of the fact that this glomerulus is sort of lopped off. Um, you don't see all of the exact features, but uh, you can see it adjacent to the um, tubular urinary pole. And um, you have portocyte hypercellularity, collapse of the capillary loops, the sclerosis. And uh, um, sometimes you may see adhesion, sometimes you may not. But um, this is kind of um, what you see here with this glomerulus. So in this um, 
um, in this um, patient, I think there were a couple of others, but I think I found this one to be right up there. So I marked this, but I will show you images, additional images. So give me one second. All right. And you guys can still see it, the images. It looks as if the it is folded upon itself. Yeah, there is there is a fold. That is that is part of the processing. But other than that, you can see this little bit of, um, you know, angel expansion is present. Yeah, or capillary loop collapse, and then this little podocyte proliferation going on around here. So, so here, here is more of the loop collapse, podocyte proliferation. Uh, more visible here. Here is a loop adhesion with hyaline sclerosis. And then more over here. All right. So um, this was a case of FSGS. There were four glomeruli that showed this um, tip tip variant, and this tip variant is in the spectrum of minimal change disease um, slash primary protocytopathy. Um, so that that was um, that was the end diagnosis in this case. Uh, the EM um, showed normal triadal amnar structure, and there was some foot process effacement. Not extensive, not diffuse, okay? Thank you. All right. So... I have a question on yep. this piece. Um, this would seem to be more likely a secondary FSGS given the obesity and the hypertension and the um, GERD and all of that. Although, I mean, obviously it was a tip lesion. So do you have a comment about that? Yes, so um, I um, actually, uh, this case was given to me by Dr. Holanda, and um, she astutely has put in a comment that um, FSGS, even though it is a tip lesion, can also be secondary, and there are cases that have been described uh, with APOL1 gene mutations, uh, viral infection, um, such as HIV and hepatitis B, and then here um, at our institute, we saw a SARS-CoV-2 infection uh, presenting as a tip lesion, FSGS, some systemic autoimmune diseases, um, thalassemia traits, et cetera. All of those can um, result in tip lesion, but then they have a secondary. Um, then they are considered as secondary. So, um, Thank you. Yeah. All right. So um, if you guys are okay with it, um, I was considering um, attempting um, a small quiz from um, Arcana, if that's okay with you guys. That'd be good. Okay. So give me two seconds to log in. I had logged in before, but it kicked me out because it was inactive for 30 minutes. I did it last night and I learned something. So I thought I would share that with you.
you can see the quiz? Mm -hmm. All right. So let's get started. So this is a 25-year-old Hispanic male, history of hematuria, subnaprotic proteinuria, and CKD. Um, so the mutation in which of the following genes is most likely responsible for the morphologic and ultrastructural changes. And I will pull up these images one by one. So by way of morphology, what do you all see here? What is, what is this structure that I'm pointing to? Are you impressed by it? Are you worried by it? I don't know what it is. Good. It looks something- Is it vacuum there? It, it is vacuole. It is kind of foamy. Does the word foamy ring a bell? Foamy vacuolization. Or macrophages, foamy macrophages. So I think these are the four images and I am going to point out something to you over here. Say that again, Sri. The basement membrane is irregularly thickened. Yeah. But not with uh, intramembranous electron dense deposits. No deposits. That I agree. And then a little bit of thickening and anything. Yeah, this here. is a condition where they have the weaving pattern. Um, yes. Not getting that. I'm just blanking out on the etiology. This is where they have the weaving basket weaving pattern of the. Mm -hmm. uh, basement membrane. All right. So, so you are on the right path. Is it coal four A five? Yes. This is coal four A five, and um, this is Alports. Okay. So the thing that um, I would like for you to remember is eighty here. 80 to 85% patients, they show X-linked dominant inheritance um, due to mutations in the COL5A, uh, COL-A5 gene, okay? A5 is 80 to 85% X-linked dominant, and that's the most common. Um, then um, A3 and um, A4. So the A3 is autosomal recessive, and um, this A4 is autosomal dominant, and this autosomal recessive presents as very severe disease in young females um, due to consanguinity, um, or it may present in hematuria in the father of a male patient. So, so some, um, some good little um, pointers in here. Then um, this is another, I think, um, what do you guys call that, like a red herring sort of a thing. Um, cases with mutations of COL4A5 uh, with associated mutations of the adjacent A6, they will result in diffuse lyomyomatosis. So you could be given a mishmash of conditions where they say, you know, proteinuria, lyomyomatosis, this is something you need to consider. Okay, all right, this. 61-year-old Caucasian male history of CKD presents with six-month history of persistent proteinuria, um, 3.1 um, gram per gram of UPCR, and all serology negative. And what is associated with this patient's disease? So first, let's look at the images. This, this, and 
practice. So anyone besides Sri and um, Maria, anyone else wants to attempt it? So it's a FSGS. Okay. And in, looking at that, can you maybe? Tip lesion with the vascular pole. So this is the glomerular hilum. Mm. This is inside of the glomerular. The vascular pole would be like a little bit outside. You would probably see some vessel either entering or leaving um, the Bowman space like right around here, probably you don't see it in this section. So this is more of a um, here. Perihyler. So with that in mind, and this history, Caucasian, what, oh, sorry. That was an accidental click, but mm -hmm. um, what so, can you? Well, let's see. Uh, APOL1 is African-Americans. Mm -hmm. HIV is collapsing FSGS. Mm -hmm. um, NSAIDs is, is a membranous and or minimal change disease. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to be between obesity and anabolic steroids and you already ruled out obesity. So I would pick the steroid. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, I didn't rule obesity out. <laughs> yeah, you this, clicked it. I, I don't know. I clicked it and, and somehow it says it's incorrect, but this oh, is the right? answer, all right? Oh, it is. So this, this is because this is, um, this is um, how do you call that? It is a sort of accommodative response. So the patient is large, needs a lot more um, volume to filter. So this is, um, um, this, shoot. I'm blanking on that word. Adaptive. Hyperfiltration. Yes. So um, hyperfiltration um, is what causes this kind of anabolic steroid. Usually they give you some kind of a pointer, like, you know, person is a bodybuilder or not to say that this age group couldn't use it, but typically if I stereotype it, it would be more like youngish bodybuilders. Some, some that kind of a clue should be thrown in there. Okay, so next question. Okay, so why did it mark it as wrong then? I have no idea. I okay. don't know how that <laughs> algorithm works. Um, so 43 year old African-American female complains of arthralgia, pedal edema, no rash, creatinine 0 0.7. She has nephrotic range proteinuria, serum albumin of 1.9, uh, positive ANA, a double strand DNA. Complements normal, UA shows three plus protein, uh, no blood. And then here are her light microscopy and immunofluorescence images. So this is her light microscopy, HNE. Normal, not normal? Not normal. Expansion. Yeah. Uh, expansion of what? Mesangial expansion. And what else? Capillary loops are thick. Yeah, yes. This, I think, is IgG. Positive. Pattern. Pattern oh. It is strongly positive. It is strongly positive, but where do you see it? It's positive in the mesangium. Mesangium positive. 
positive in the capillary loops? Capillary loops yes. Is it granular? Is it linear? Appears granular. Okay, so hold that thought. I think this is C3, kind of similar. Yeah, and am I looping in between just those two? Yes. Okay, so that was IgG. That was the first one you saw. That was kappa and lambda, the second and third. And they were essentially similar. Actually, it skipped over this one. All right, so what is here? Yeah, double contouring. And? Spikes and holes. Spikes and holes. All right, so put that together and what would you pick? I would put a membranous glomerulopathy associated with SLE. I think you would be right. So you have lupus based on the clinical history. They don't give us anything more. They have a membranous pattern you could see here, but the others you could um, definitely make out that there was something that was not quite normal in the HNE stain itself. Okay. 79-year-old um, Caucasian male, chronic renal failure, new onset back pain, creatinine 3.21, low GFR, um, elevated kappa lambda free light chain ratio, um, SPEP and MSIFE is pending, ANCA and TIGPM are negative. Um, and then inside to hybridization performed on the biopsy tissue showed a kappa light chain restriction based on the provided images. What would be your diagnosis? So this is one image, and this is a close-up of that image. So what what kind of cells are these? Plasma cells. Plasma. Okay. Yes, too, it looks like. Okay, so never just stop by looking at low power and stop, because on low power, I would grant you that you take a quick glance, you're reading the question, you're like, oh, you have this temptation to click eosinophils and that is a foil in there. You'll see it and I log out of this, but you have to zoom in closer. Eosinophils usually will have a bilobe nuclei. Usually it's in the center of the cell. You will have very red looking cytoplasm, but when you zoom in closer on this biopsy, this is single lobe nuclei, this is off center and um, the cyto it's kind of like off to one side and then the cytoplasm is red, but not granular like sometimes you would see in the eosinophils. So you do see, if you had thought that those were eosinophils, that is your foil right there, you would have clicked this and moved on, but because you guys are astute and you looked at it very carefully, so what are you gonna check? Choose the third, the third one. Plasma cell dyscrasia. Okay. Um, this is a 55 year old male with ESRD, secondary to FSGS. Um, he's post um, deceased donor kidney transplant about nine years ago for evaluation of acute kidney injury. His serum creatinine is 2.4, and his UPC has also increased. And based on the provided images, which is the best diagnosis. So you have this glomerulus in a transplant biopsy, looking for all intents and purposes. Would you call this one proliferative because this one has a lot of cells in the capillary loops? In the context of um, transplant, um, 
at least at this stage i wouldn't call it proliferative but what else would you want to call it you you picked up on the right thing like yeah you do see lots of cells but what kind of cells no i think the um, loops with mesangial expansion and uh, the tree likes mesangial expansion <laughs> maybe they're just like t cells they are lymphocytes. lymphocytes yeah uh some of them they have a little more irregular nuclear contour i would i would say some of them are monocyte macrophages probably um some neutrophils in here mm. okay here maybe a little more more convincing for neutrophils with this probably like a trilobe nucleus i would say some monocyte macrophages in here and then this uh this. peritubular capillaritis yeah and then this is c4d positive <clears throat> where in the tubules in the capillaries in the peritubular capillaries yeah and what about this i think that's always going to be high yeah good thing to remember and that's arteritis and some arterial thickening thickening and then some entrapment of the lymphocytes inside of this more like a arteriopathy than an intimal arteritis i think there is um there we may see arteritis in um other case this wasn't really a good example of arteritis if that's what they would try and sell this to me as okay so the rest of there was mesangial expansion but <laughs> uh it is um not uniformly present though not uniformly present i i can give you a little bit maybe not so much on the silver stain it's just minimal okay all right so based on all of the um things that you have seen what would you put it together as antibody uh, chronic active chronic Sorry. active antibody mediated rejection um the following features must be present you saw in evidence of tissue injury you saw um transplant glomerulopathy did we see traits yeah maybe a little bit here there were some double contours on the silver stain rare probably some here we um saw evidence of recurrent antibody interaction that is c4d in the peritubular capillaries um then serology by way of serology you had to have anti donor specific antibodies um and then um other changes are um the active antibody mediated rejection is not associated with changes of chronic vascular injury okay all right this one 55 year old male history of hashimotos occasional nsaid use presented to the ed with blue discoloration of his digits and found to have acute renal failure with a creatinine of 9.7 two plus protein on ua along with rbc casts and um if showed um segmental mesangial staining for igg iga c3 kappa and lambda and 
this is the biopsy. Would anyone else like to attempt it? It is very hypercellular. Um, capillary loops are closed. Yeah, capillary loops are closed. Um, let's maybe go to this. Um, maybe Sonali, do you want to try it? Uh, it seems like, yeah, a lot of inflammation, a lot of cells. Anything that strikes you here? Uh, thrombosis, like a... Say, say that out loud. I'm not sure. Is it thrombosis? Some RBC? Um, it it is some some sort of an element of blood that's here that it should not be. So yeah, there is some um, necrosis going on here, capillary loop necrosis. So you got that. More visible here. So you got that. And then this is the trichrome stain highlighting extensive interstitial fibrosis. Um, this is the fibrin stain. Um, so you can assume that this was a glomerulus once or still is, and then it's um, highlighting uh, a crescent. Oops. All right. So with those findings, what would you like to call it as? I would I would just uh, go by uh, ruling things out like it is not p uh, polyarthritis nodosa it is not antiglomerular basement membrane uh, doesn't look like lupus so I would and there were some crescents necrosis so I would go with NCOM mediated necrotizing and okay and does the fact that um, there was mesangial staining for IgG AC3 and kappa lambda would that worry you? If you're going to be using the term um, anchor mediated, that is very faint. Yeah, so it is faint, uh, and um, even though it is called posse immune, and you know sometimes you may see just very small um, deposits of um, deposits in the mesangium, and that is totally fine. That is oftentimes a foil. They want to throw in you know something else in there and try and trick you, but. Um, if you see these findings, if everything else fits, it is anchor-mediated. And the anti-GBM, remember the pattern of IgG staining, it is linear capillary loop, okay? All right. This is a 54-year-old male diagnosed with adenitis um, in nephrology for follow-up of um, chronic renal failure of unknown etiology. Extensive nephrology workup patient showed hyper gamma globulinemia, hypo complementemia, um, enlarged kidneys, area of mass like right kidney enlargement, and you recommend a renal biopsy. And this is um, what the biopsy shows. So, anyone wants to comment on it? Yeah, lots of fibrosis and inflammation. Uh huh. Do you remember the buzzword for it? It was story form. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And then you do see some plasma cells here, 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 here. So lots of plasma cells. And this is IgG4 stain. 
usually you compare it with an IgG stain and see which subclass it is. Ig this would be IgG4, and these are the glomeruli. Okay, so based on all of those, you would call it this. So this is IgG4 related uh, tubular interstitial nephritis. Um, the number of IgG4 positive plasma cells need to be greater than 10 per high power field in the most concentrated area. And this, this was a perfect case. He had sialadenitis. He had a mass-like uh, presentation in his kidney. Kidneys were enlarged. And um, all of those findings um, sort of fit perfectly. Rastogi, I have a request. Can you please show me the storyform pattern one more time? Yes. So this this is the storyform pattern. If um, you want to look at it sort of low power, and to me, it always appears sort of like um, waves going in one direction, another direction. Like if you're if you're drawing waves, the, here it is the fibrosis is going in one direction, and then it turns around then goes in another direction, then it turns around, goes in another direction. It's just kind of like broad tracts of this wavy uh, fibrosis um, destroying the tubular interstitium. Yep, thank you. Makes sense. Okay. All right. 72-year-old male with diabetes, soft tissue abscess caused by staph aureus referred to nephrology for nephrotic range proteinuria. Renal biopsy was performed. Which of the following is the most likely scenario? So here is a picture of his biopsy. Silver stain, PAS stain, and let me see which immunoreactant. That was IgA. This one's pretty easy. IgA dominant affection associated GN. So that is correct. And this is an entity associated with ongoing staph aureus. It could be um, infections such as osteomyelitis. In this one, it was soft tissue abscess. Um, predisposing factors are old age, diabetes, underlying neoplasia, alcohol, and um, I think, yeah, this was, this was relatively straightforward. Okay. 52 year old bipolar disorder. Okay, we'll do two more questions on this and then I might run through one more slide with you. 52 year old female bipolar disorder, lithium therapy for 14 years presents to you for follow-up appointment for chronic renal failure. Serum creatinine has risen from 0.9 to 3.5 over the last two years, and she has subnephrotic proteinuria. And what would her biopsy be expected to show if the top of your differential is secondary to chronic lithium nephrotoxicity? Chronic interstitial inflammation. This one? Yeah. I think yeah. the collecting duct cysts are correct also. Yeah, yeah. So this this is this is like the total of um, the presentation that is considered with chronic lithium nephrotoxicity. They are non-specific, but the constellation together of interstitial inflammation, um, glomerulosclerosis, and the collecting duct cysts supports um, that diagnosis. All right. 
This is 46-year-old female with chronic NSAID use, foamy urine, leg swelling, workup supports a diagnosis of nephrotic syndrome, and a renal biopsy is performed. The biopsy shows um, diffuse global thickening of capillary loops, no mesangial or extracapillary hypercellularity, scattered interstitial foam cells, granular IgG, kappa and lambda positivity, no EM available. And the pathologist favors a secondary type membranous glomerulopathy. Which additional immunofluorescence finding best supports this? B. Negative. Yeah, B. Negative PLA2R staining. Okay. In addition to the negative PLA2R and THSD7A, which of the following findings by direct immunofluorescence support a diagnosis of secondary um, membranous GN? I think B. That is also correct. So you may see some scattered mesangial immune complex deposits. Okay. This is the picture of that lithium toxicity again. FSGS, diffuse foot process effacement and renal microcysts. So the, that's the demonstration of a microcyst and this is the cyst wall lining. So the answer would be this. All uh, right. Okay, this one is interesting. 52-year-old female end-stage renal disease due to severe arteriosclerosis. She undergoes renal transplant. And then she suddenly, and the renal transplant was only three weeks ago. So she's still in the early post-surgical phase. She presents with sudden decrease in urine output. And during the course of her workup, Doppler ultrasound was performed, which shows loss of cortical perfusion and a diastolic reversal of flow in the renal artery and renal vein thrombosis was suspected. Which of the following would not be a potential etiologic factor in this diagnosis? Like diagnosis of renal vein thrombosis? Yes. D. What is not necessary? I think the C4D positivity. Yeah, so that is correct. Everything else could lead to renal vein thrombosis, of course. I don't know about this left-sided graph placement, so maybe one of you guys can enlighten me. Is it about the right, uh, the left one? One of them is shorter than the other one. Okay, that's why. All right. So that gets pressed over the, the branch from the IVC. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Okay, this is a 62-year-old man, CKD, history of cardiac arrhythmia, for which he takes warfarin. His INR is more than three. He's found to have increased serum creatinine, a renal biopsy was performed. IF and EM are negative, and this is what his light microscopy shows. Lots and lots of tubular injury blood in the interstitium inside of the tubules. So 
what would you want to consider? Warfarin nephropathy. Correct. So this is warfarin nephropathy uh, with red blood cells within the Bowman space. Um, usually no other pathology is seen. Okay. This is a 39-year-old male. History of hypertension, smoking, found to have nephrotic syndrome, creatinine of 1.43, 17 grams of protein, and these are his light microscopy and immunofluorescence and EM findings. So you can see a little bit of This is IgG, this is PLA2R, and this is the EM. It looks membranous, primary. Okay. Agreed. I think you guys are absolutely right. And is there an affiliation or an association between smoking and membranous? Smoking and membranous. It says he has a smoking history. Let's see. I can't recall smoking. Okay, I don't remember that either. Systemic causes malignant neoplasma infection, drugs, sarcoid. No. Not smoking. Not that I know of. Start to smoke something else and I all bets are off. Okay, um, one last case I just wanted to share with you, just if you remember the talk yesterday. And you can see the camera image. Yes. Maybe I can zoom one more up. All right. 58-year-old female, past medical history of serous carcinoma of the fallopian tubes. She has peritoneal carcinomatosis, and then she presented with abnormal renal function and proteinuria. She also reports history of deep vein thrombosis, hypertension, and epistaxis. Her UA showed one plus blood um, on microscopic evaluation, or UA, and there was two plus proteins. Um, Complements were within um, normal range. Her serum albumin was 3.4. Her PLA2R was negative, and haptoglobin was less than 10. One word diagnosis. EMA. Yep. So what you see here are um, abundant double contours um, through the entirety of this glomerulus. There is also what we call as mesangiolysis. So there is loss of anchoring of the capillary loops and the mesangium just sort of dissipates. There is mesangial matrix expansion. And then in other um, findings, let me pull up the EM images on this case. They were quite striking. Thank you. 
can see the EM grid. You guys can see the images, right? Okay, perfect. All right. So here, we go through some and then Anywhere you want me to stop, this is Here, a good one. Are these RBCs that are stuck in the basement membrane? Those are RBCs, yes. They're stuck inside of the capillary loop and they're kind of like squished. They're not your happy, normal looking um, ellipticals. They just, they just look very, very squished, dysmorphic. Mm -hmm. Does this give you the evidence of a double contour? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yep. And then this is some subendothelial lucency, which I had shown yesterday also in the image. Um, there is some mesangial interposition here. It's sort of getting ready to lay down another basement membrane here. This is expanding and laying down another basement membrane sort of here. This is a nice double contour throughout. One contour here, one contour here. All right, so yes, this was a case of thrombotic microangiopathy. Um, yesterday we discussed um, drugs, radiation, chemo. She probably had some of those. Um, did not endorse a history of scleroderma or lupus or mixed connective tissue diseases. Um, I think those were some of the common causes, but then yesterday I showed you the list of other causes as well. All right, I think we are just out of time. So thank you guys. Um, I hope when you guys get a chance, um, go ahead and complete that quiz. I think those, there are some good questions in there. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks, bye. Do you have um, slides from the patient that Dr. Simmers and I did the VA biopsy on yesterday? What was the name again? I Hernandez. No, I have not gotten those slides yet. Okay. I was just curious. I will actually ask them. Thank you for reminding me. This is kind of late mm -hmm. in the day for them to be bringing the slides. We did the biopsy at like 10 yesterday. So they should, or I mean, it should have gotten over in time to be processed. Uh, I think they were going to process it over there. Oh, okay. Yeah and then send the slides over here. I see, okay. Yeah, I will I will update you as soon as I get uh, everything together. All right. And then I'll, I'll uh, either text you or page you. That sounds good. Okay. Thanks, Thank guys. you. Take care. Bye.